It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phrases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and wow, I tell you, Friday, the beginning of a weekend. You know, I, I, I tell you, listen, audience, there is no better way to start a beginning of the weekend with with you guys and also bringing on this fantastic, fabulous, sensational guest of mine, Sherry Kerr. I tell you, you guys need to sit back, grab four bags of popcorn, some M&M's, and, and what else, Michelle? What, what else they need to grab? And a hot dog, and a hot dog, <laughs> some ketchup and mustard. <laughs> hey, you know, so, hey, uh, it's going to be a fantastic show. We're going to talk about communication and presentation skills for the 21st century, but we also going to add a little humor in there, comedy. I mean, all the things that's going to help you enhance your communication skills, uh, your presentation skills, also just by being a better person in whatever you decide to do. That's what we're going to do today. <laughs> so I tell you, I got my co-host here, Michelle Cooley. How you doing, Michelle? I'm good. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. I got the show contributor, Chuck Trenoni. How are you doing, my friend? Doing wonderful. Just can't can't wait to get this thing going and moving forward. And I got my fabulous guest, Cherie Kerr. How are you doing, Cherie? I'm doing great. I wish I were as awake as you guys. Everybody's terrific. I feel like it's first thing in the morning. We all need to start singing. I feel like I'm in church. Hey, I was getting ready to say, my Sharia more. <laughs> you know what? I, I tell you, you what. It's been uh, this, this uh, all week we've been concentrating on getting America back to work, getting America in the highest spirits that you can. Uh, uh, inspiring and teaching and and enhancing everything that uh, that 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 we do, not just in the employment, but what we do in life. And we're going to continue that tonight. Uh, you know, at, at the beginning of Friday, the weekend. You know, so um, currently, me and Michelle is uh, uh, in Texas, and I will be on the plane first thing in the morning, heading back to California. I will be in uh, California studios with with my fantastic producer, Noah. How you doing? It's Friday, man. If I have any other answer than spectacular, there's something wrong with me. Hey, man, I'm, I'm back there, man, all week with you in studio. I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. We love having you here. <laughs> you know, so, uh, uh, but, um, you know, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, one of the things, me and Michelle, just like we always talk about, we get off the show, watch uh, Star Trek, Deep Space Nine. Oh, that's right in my zone, man. <laughs> uh, but, but, but you know what, Noah, tonight we're going to watch Coming to America 2. Uh, it's it's going to be Oh, there's Friday. the sequel. That's right. I have to see that. <laughs> oh, man. It starts tonight, man. And uh, uh, Michelle and I, we're going to take a, a detour from uh, Deep Space Nine. And, hey, uh, for Eddie Murphy, always, okay? Oh, yeah. You know what, man? Um, when I was in the game a little bit, uh, I, I had an opportunity meet Eddie and uh, oh, I didn't know that and and this and that that's that was a different life lifetime ago I'm, I'm not doing that right now I'm doing radio and I'm doing this I mean but uh, you know Michelle you want you want to say a little, little bit about the uh, uh, coming to America too I loved coming to America the original one I mean Arsenio Hall Eddie Murphy and uh, McDowell's <laughs> <laughs> aka McDonald's I can't wait to see tonight it's on prime video so everyone take a look at it hey Chuck did you get a uh, opportunity to watch that when it was out a while I mean but I think uh, I, years saw, ago. I saw the first one yes I enjoyed it it was funny yeah and I I just noticed it was on coming on last night I didn't know it was coming on tonight. 
but uh, I'll pay attention to it. Yeah, that's good. What about you, Cherie? Are you familiar with that? <laughs> uh, yes, I, I am, and I'm looking forward to seeing it, too. I don't think it'll be tonight, but it'll be soon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, uh, I want to talk about uh, our show for tonight, uh, Communication and Presentation Skills for the 21st Century. And uh, I, I tell you, uh, I, uh, I don't think that we could have a better guest uh, then what we got tonight to help discuss these things and also, uh, just like I said, bring a little humor and enhance uh, our skills on whatever we're trying to, to do. Chuck, uh, can you tell uh, our listening audience uh, what the purpose of the show today is? Sure. Uh, tonight, we're going to learn how to speak, write, and communicate the executive way. We're going to face the fear of communicating and managing uncontrollable situations and we're going to appreciate the importance of listening skills and good humor and, and uh, by saying that uh, uh, just like uh, I always uh, mentioned especially this week is Every day is a learning experience, and uh, we are going through a lot of different technologies and and uh, education. Everything is changing. In order to be uh, current in the workforce, and in, in, in order to be current in society, in order to not be a dinosaur, we have to be able to adapt and adjust to changing situations. So communications, to me, is the most important way to do that. And so, again, sit back. Listen, but Cher, can you introduce our guest, please? Yes, I would love to. Cherie Kerr, who founded ExecuProv in 1983, has provided a variety of classes on presentation and communication skills to hundreds of business professionals from Fortune 100 and 500 companies. Starting with a single public speaking class, ExecuProv's offerings have expanded to include over a dozen workshops as well custom tailored courses designed for the needs of specific clients. Her clients include Toyota, Experian, the Hilton Hotel, BJ's Restaurant Brew House, Southern California Edison, Panasonic, Office Depot, to name a few. Kerr has also provided classes to various universities and collegiate department, including University of Southern California, California State University, Fullerton, the U.S. Naval Academy at Annapolis, and the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. She has also worked for governmental agencies, including the L.A. City Attorney's Office, the L.A. District Attorney's Office, the County of Orange DA's Office, the Orange County Bar Foundation, and the Orange County Juvenile Drug Court Program. Cherie is the author of 15 books, 10 of which feature self-help techniques on presentation and communication skills. Kerr shares her ideas and theories called from her varied background and expertise in PR and communications. She has ghosted three books for clients and 12 of her own, including a critically acclaimed memoir of her father's life as a jazz musician entitled Charlie's Notes, which was a New York Book Festival winner of 2011, the film festival circuit. She also is a member of Women in Film. Kerr is a member of the American Society of Composers, Artists, and Publishers, and has been honored as an award-winning journalist and publicist. Kerr was named, along with Disney's Michael Eisner, as one of the top 10 most sensational people in Orange County, California, by Orange Coast Magazine. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, proudly presents Cherie Kerr. Welcome to the show, Cherie. How are you doing tonight? I'm fine, and thank you so much for having me. Well, it's uh, it's uh, you just enlightened uh, my weekend starting out, and you know, fantastic bio, uh, and all the great oh, things you. that you're doing. Uh, uh, is it anything that Michelle did not uh, uh, mention in that? Can you tell us a little bit more about? Um, I think you and what you- I think the only other thing is that I have a vast background in improvisational comedy. And that's important to mention simply because a lot of the lessons and the way we teach our speakers and communicators is with a lot of the tenets and basics of improvisational comedy. So I was a founding member of the L.A. Groundlings. I'm sure some of your audience may know that organization. But if not, it's, it's like a breeding ground, if you will, for Saturday Night Live. And many of the people on that show or other actors that you see different places came from there, and including uh, Phil Hartman, Lisa Kudrow from Friends, 
Maya Rudolph, Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, Will Ferrell, I think I already said that, Chris Kattan, uh, gosh, there's so many people that have gone through their organization. And they start. we started that organization in 1972. They say 74. But the first 12 of us that were founding members started that organization in 72. So I, I'm a big proponent of everybody on the planet having to study improv comedy because I think it's so applicable to all of our communication all day and it makes us quick and fast and sharp and, and agile and also able to listen very intently and carefully and be in the moment and, you know, just we're just better at everything we do if we learn some of those basics, their rules and tools. So they're threaded throughout the body of my work. And by the way, thanks for reading all that. It makes me just exhausted listening to it. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how I did that and raised three kids at the same time. Well, I didn't raise them all at the same time. I had two and I did them. And then I got divorced and I was divorced for quite a while. And then I married somebody else and had another child. So when the other kids were leaving home, I began raising that one. And I, I don't know, you know, how I did it, I think, but for the grace of God, giving me an abundant amount of energy, for which I'm very grateful. Wow. You know, I tell you, uh, it's, uh, that was fantastic. And, and uh, all the things that, that, that Michelle read and, and uh, research, uh, we're just so happy to have you on here. So, but I tell you what, we're going to take a station break and we're going to come back and delve off into Cherie a little bit more and, and find about uh, uh, all the other great things that she's doing. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Streaming now at TheAnswerSanDiego.com and Radio.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. You know, one, one thing, I was so excited that I forgot to give the call in number. You know, if you want to talk to this great lady, you can call us at one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. We encourage you to call in and become part of the conversation. You know, so uh, Asheree, can you tell us about Execuprop? You know, what sure. is it? Uh, as well, as Michelle mentioned, it's a company that started in 1983, and what created it was out of necessity. I've been a publicist most of my life. And I had a number of high-profile clients that had big titles, and they I had to do press conferences with them. I had to put them on the radio and television at that time, and most of them were just horrible. They had poor diction. They didn't have great energy. They didn't have great presence. And I thought to myself, with all my background in improv, and I know how how great it is for just instant communication and putting people at ease and all the things it does, I, I did an experiment, and I said, hey, there was 10 guys, and I said, no, no women, just guys. 
I said, how would you like to, for me to put you through an eight-week, once-a-week improv comedy workshop? And the rest is history. They were phenomenal when they came out of that with their confidence and their presence and just their whole demeanor. So that's really how it was born. It was born out of necessity. And then I started teaching, you know, regular classes for other people, open enrollment classes where people came from all types of industry to, to study with me. So like a one day class or something. And then companies started coming to us and pretty soon we were working for the DA's office. And then I was teaching at the State Bar of California as well, and, and then ultimately trained all their board of governors. So it just kind of grew by word of mouth, and as Michelle said too, we started with just one public speaking skills class because we thought it was so necessary. And also, we wanted people to feel comfortable and not be afraid and be you know bold and confident and know all the things that improv players and actors know and do to just to make them come across as full pro. And most people do not like to public speak. I would say most people, really, seriously. But when they learn some of the tricks of the trade of the improv player, they're no longer afraid. So that's been my big mission is to teach the business professional a lot of the things that we learn and we do over time to become very comfortable and very connectable. That's our whole jam is to make the human connection. And today it's even harder because we're doing it online. But that was my intent. And then we began to add other classes. We have a class called How to Think Fast on Your Feet Without Putting Them in Your Mouth. And it's a wonderful class for being quick and agile and, you know, prompt with answers without saying the wrong thing. We have What's So Funny that teaches you how to get humor and storytelling in your speeches and presentations. We have an email etiquette class. Uh, We have a class called Death by PowerPoint how to avoid killing your uh, presentation and sucking the life out of your audience. And that's very popular at the Naval Academy. I taught there for eight years. And I ended up teaching all the midshipmen this one year, all four levels, and then ended up teaching the faculty. But I wrote that book uh, in honor of them. And it was a real joy. But that's a really fun class, too, because most people misuse PowerPoint and they want to give you, you know, the kitchen sink. And I figure if I want to read you know, war and peace, I'll just go to the library and get the book. I don't need to read it on the wall. But that is what a lot of people do. They overdo it. And so we have seven tips for delivery, seven tips for um, content. And it's a a fun class. So we've just been adding classes every year. And I think we have 13 or 14 classes now. Wow, that's a that's a lot. Um, it is a lot. <laughs> well, it's it's great. It's great. Uh, what types of clients do you teach? Um, can you kind of go into that a little bit more in detail? Um, yeah, they're they're not always, um, you know, top. I mean, many of my clients, and I try to coach them. At one point, I taught. I I totally helped to write and to tra- and train and prepare the president of Toyota, North America's president for a big dealer show that they had to do. They do them every year. And so I worked, you know, with him just by himself after he went through one of my classes. And then we work with mid-level management. We work with a lot of the management trainees at Toyota when they're first coming out of their training program and then going out into the field and getting jobs. We teach admin people, depending on, you know, what they need. But it's all walks of life. And we teach teenagers but my, my improv comedy group called the Orange County Crazies has a lot of children's programs as well because we think it's really important for kids to learn these methods when they're younger. So when they go out in the business world, they'll be really good at communicating with people. So it's all levels and all ages. We, we don't have um, an age limit except for the kids. We start with kids who are eight years old, and they can't really be any younger than that to study but it's all levels and all walks of lives and and all different companies that's interesting Cherie and we were also talking earlier you were saying about your books uh what are your books about you have a lot of them so what are they about almost every almost every class I teach has a corresponding book that goes with the class so that if you're not able to take the class 
or after you take it, I give everybody a lot of homework. I went to Catholic school, so everybody gets a lot of homework. And I send them home with each chapter and say, okay, you know, study this chapter, that one, this one, and do the homework in it. Because you can't just go to an improv class, just like you would a golf lesson or something, and learn everything in one day. You really have to keep up your practices with it in order to, you know, to make it stick. And I think we're pretty good at that. We, we, we like to think we are because we hear from people a lot who say, gee, I, I did your diction exercises and I still use them and they're really helpful. So each of the books, that most all the books I've written were corresponding to classes. Like um, I have a, a new, one of my newest classes is called Right Away and it's W-R-I-T-E. And in that book, I teach business professionals how to be better writers, even on text and emails and that kind of thing. And they have to study 18 different styles of writing to be able to be a good writer. Things that we don't think about that they're all around us, like stand-up comedy, sketch comedy, journalism, uh, what you would put on a billboard, how you would write a website, a children's story. I make all my students write, take one topic, like in the book, we, we have this slogan got milk and we write a different style to that theme and it and it's it's really a fun class to take we i have a rule too because i went to parochial school that if you're not having fun you shouldn't have to go so almost every class we teach is full of humor and they get to express they get to really be creative explore themselves you know at their different levels and capacities and so we try to make stuff fun and interesting. So that's what most of the books are. And then I've also written two books on comedy. I've written a book on how to develop original characters in comedy and also a book on how to write sketch comedy. Hmm. That's amazing. Well, where were these books sold? Uh, they're everywhere. They're Barnes & Noble, Amazon. You just can go online, I think, and find all of them. Or you can go to our website and they're there as well. Okay. You know, uh, uh, I used to be a stand-up comedian. Me and you talked about that. I know. <laughs> I hear that. That's awesome. <laughs> and, uh, you know, improv. I mean, so I had an opportunity to uh, uh, do a lot of that. Um, and most of the time you go on stage, you don't know what you're going to going to say right. and plus you, uh, you have to uh, really glance and, and feel your audience out and yeah. uh, by doing that and being able to uh, think from the top of your mind it's, it's kind of like what they call today spoken word and all this I mean mm -hmm. but it's, it's a little bit more detail in that right. so, so uh, talking about that what kind of people skills uh, do you teach uh, and, they, they, and people gain from uh, improv I, I, I know how I feel well, but t can you tell our audience about that a little well, bit sure of course and we have a term uh, JC that we call smelling the audience and we will literally I mean that's a metaphor but we stand behind this fake wall that we have before we go out on stage and just listen to the din in the room you know sometimes it's so quiet it's like it's full of dominican nuns and then next time we do a show it's animal house already out there and we haven't even started the show so we try to pick up the vibe like you say because our job is to make that human connection the minute we come out and start to perform that we are in their groove or if they're a little low and less energetic we'll bring them up you know, and fire them up so that we're all kind of a unit working together. But in our communication skills class for one-on-one -on -one communication or with small groups, we teach, um, I teach 17 rules and tools of improv comedy that are used among the actors when they study. So my theory is that they could learn those same basics and they cover a, a lot of ground, then they can communicate with anybody, anytime, anywhere. And so that's how we teach that class. We do uh, some scenes, we do some role-playing, we do some drills and exercises, and it's a, just a really lively day. Well, you know, I, 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 I say that um, uh, that this will call the person to, I mean, thought-provoking, think about things, communicate, uh, react. Uh, it, it, it causes you to be on your feet at all times or being, being sharp because you have to come back and you have to respond and you, and you constantly uh, developing communication skills. You know what? We're going to take a station break, but we're going to come back and continue our conversation 
with Sheree Kerr. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. FM 96.1 North County and AM 1170 San Diego. The answer. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. I'll tell you, uh, listen to the audience, um, you can call in at one 344 1170 Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. Noah, uh, is, is she putting it down? She's laying it down today, James, and I, I just have to ask her, too. Hey, people that are maybe interested in, 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 in these topics, what advice would you give them if they want to pursue the same avenues? Because I know sometimes we don't have the tools in front of us. You mean for the improv? Yes, exactly. I, I, anybody who, who's legitimately trained, um, Second City, the groundlings. I don't know who is in the San Diego area, but if you could go take one of their classes, there's a lot of things available out there. And, and, and JC, just to, uh, to make a point, you were asking me a little bit about technique. There's three of those 17 basic rules that we always use. The first one is called servant support. And that means when the actors are on stage, they're not self-conscious. They're not thinking about themselves. They're thinking, what can I do to support these other actors to make them look good? That's all they think about. So it takes the self-consciousness off. And it's a very gracious way to, you know, to be on stage. It's, it's a very kind of metaphysical experience. The second one is react and respond. And you mentioned it a moment ago. We only react and respond to last thing said or last idea held. And that unifies everything and keeps everybody on track. And then we have Be Here Now, which is the gospel according to improv. We are never lagging behind, wishing we had said something, or jumping ahead and anticipating, which most business people do. We're just in the moment. And I know you've been hitting on that. So if everybody listening just adhered to those three rules, everything would work so much better in their communication, their Q&A, and, and so on. So I, um, Noah, was that you who was talking to me, asking yeah. me that? Yes, I, and I think anybody who go study improv, you know, when I started doing this many years ago, there was nothing like that around. I know some people are intimidated. Well, but you know what? If you have a really good teacher, they will make you, after the first night, feel completely relaxed and safe. And, and I know with our work, we always provide a safe environment. In fact, same thing when we're doing a show. I tell the audience, we'd love to get your suggestions, you know, and, and have some things happen from you. But... And, and we're going to put some of you in the show, but don't anybody feel like they have to volunteer or in class, they don't have to do a particular exercise if they're uncomfortable. But by an hour into the class, everybody wants to get up on stage. They want to go to our costume closet and put on costume. I mean, people are just having a blast. So you want to make sure you have a teacher that will keep you safe in, in everything that you do in a class. That's a good point. Yeah, I was getting ready to ask you about uh, uh, regarding uh, fast on your feet class. But uh, uh, one question, I'm going to change that one. Uh, when uh, 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 you, you're teaching improv, do you just give a topic and just pick people? Or do they know or their characters or they just coming in? How, how, how are they doing it today? Well, it just, it, like let's say we're doing a show or even a class. Maybe I have four of the actors up on stage. I call them up. And then I say, okay, we're going to do a scene on 
um, you know, this and such. I give them the drill, and then the audience tells me who they are, where they are, and what their conflict is. And then they just go from there. But there's different drills and exercises that we do, especially for beginners, that are rather simple where everybody can participate. So let's say, for instance, we did book panels with all of you guys. And you guys would come out maybe in a character with a certain attitude or maybe a foreign accent or something. And the topic that the um, audience might give us is to talk about the relief package today because we try to keep everything very relevant and current to the relief package. And maybe they've each written a book on um, how to relieve your COVID or something like that. And they would be different takes and they would sit there and pretend like they're reading out of a book. And they're all, it's just all happening. Is pro, you know, we always tell people, don't think, just, just be. So they're processing information. And it's really fun. You, you know, there are no, you can't make a mistake so long as you kind of follow the rules. And so when you pull people up from the audience or even the actors and students and put them on stage, they may not know what they're going to do until you give them that assignment. But we just tell them to, our number one rule is trust. And we say, trust everybody you're working with until they show you that you can't trust them and be trustworthy. Make sure everybody knows they can count on you to save their butts in a scene or make something work. So that's, that's kind of how it is. And it's really fun, especially when you get somebody from the audience and you put them in the, uh, um, a scene and the other actors always yes and them. That's something we always go with what anybody says or does so that there's no conflict or the, or the scene can't just stop in midair and not go anywhere. And when they come up, for instance, we do a piece called uh, The Interview and all the actors are assigned some kind of quirk. Maybe one talks too loud. Maybe one uh, sits too close to the interviewer. Well, the audience person comes up and sits in the interviewer chair, and he has a bell in his hand. And when he's finally sick of somebody, they, they, like they walk in, pretend they're going to do the interview, and they do that quirk that they have, um, then he hits the bell and they leave. So it puts that person in the show, which is fun. They get to kind of direct and be in control of it. And the audience loves it. They love to see audience members come up and do something in a show who have no idea what they're doing. That's amazing. That's We should all be starting. I think we should all go to class after this. <laughs> your I'd love to have um, you in a class. I would. We We're teaching a lot of our classes now online also, and it's a lot of fun. Well, yeah. in that relate you're talking about actors and maybe actresses as well. How about from the business pro professionals that enroll in your class? Who are they and what are you teaching them the, the same techniques and, 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 and giving them yes. the same advice? And yes, and you know something that's interesting also, Chuck, in, in, in my empirical studies over all these years, I'm absolutely amazed at how many talented people, how many great minds there are in the business community. Now, most actors, and I don't want to say this as a rule, because I've worked with a lot of great improv players and been very blessed that way, but they're more emotional. It's easy for them to emote or to, or to bring up feelings or to interpret certain lines in a particular way. But many of them might be in just a certain groove in a certain area. Business people have always stunned me at how talented they are and gifted because their minds are really very quick and sharp and full of information, a lot more information than a sequestered actor would be around because they're just studying acting all the time, if that makes sense. So I love working with business people because I know all of them has a playful side and everybody has a humor muscle. It's just that we don't exercise it as we get older. We just let it sort of get flabby and sit there. But when you're using humor a lot or when you're studying it or performing it and you don't even know what you're going to do, but you do it, I'm always impressed with the business professionals, and it's, it's kind of a challenge in one way, but it's a blast because I see them in these you know, highly pressured jobs and occupations, but yet when they come to my improv class, it's like they got to go out on the playground for the day mm -hmm. and just get crazy and fun. And then it, it, it does seep into what they do in terms of how they come across with their confidence, how quick they are to answer questions, how much they can take charge of a room and keep it under control. All these things start to filter into their business world and help them in many ways. So if I had my way, everybody would have to take 
an improv class starting from kindergarten on to just for so many different reasons. I think it should be as requisite as math and reading. I really do. You know, Sherry, um, I used to watch that TV show, Whose Line Is It Anyway? And I loved it with Drew Carey and Wayne Brady. It it, it was just amazing. My mom used to crack up watching it. Now, you... Now, you mentioned you're one of the founding members of the L.A. Groundlings and uh, the alumni, Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Will Farrell, to name a few. Hey, I Can- meant to mention Cheryl Hines, too, and uh, oh, Griffin. Cheryl <laughs> Hines from the Cheryl Hines yeah. from the Larry David show. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like one of my favorite shows ever. I yes. love that show. Yes. And that's all improvised, by the way. A lot of, I just finished a film that's complete. It's a 93 minute mockumentary. It's all improvised. Oh, okay. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, the LA. I, mean, I have my. No, have sorry, my go ahead. Point, or, or, you know, kind of what we call a scriptment, where we outline what we want to have happen throughout the whole thing, because I teach a lot of screenwriting and, and so on. But we improvised every scene, and it was just really fun to do. Wow, that does. That does sound like fun. Now, the L.A. Groundlings, um, how did it all come about? What made you decide to be a member of that? Can you kind of go into that a little bit? Yeah. You know, as a kid, I think I was six years old when I had my first acting coach. Because my parents were all very, they were musical. My sister was very musical, but I was not. I had a great ear. So I've written a lot of lyrics and things, but I couldn't play an instrument. You know, my father started with a violin, and, and finally I wanted at the end a tuba, and he got me one, and then he said, okay, that's it, you're done. And I said, that's fine, because I don't want to do this anymore. So I ended up taking some acting classes. Then when I got to high school, it wasn't so cool, you know, to do that thing, at least at my school. And so I dropped out of it. And then when I got, I was 24 years old, had two children and a divorce, and I really wanted to go back and, and begin to to study. So a friend of mine who knew Gary Austin, who started the Groundlings, I don't know, if you probably, none of you know who he is, and he just died a couple of years ago. I miss him every day. Um, he's the first person Helen Hunt thanked when she got her Academy Award for his work with her. So he started this improv workshop. He was from the committee in San Francisco and migrated down to L.A. like a lot of them did. And he started this workshop. And then I think I was maybe the sixth or seventh person in the group. Lorraine Newman from Saturday Night Live, the first primetime player. She was in the group. Pat Morita, Jack Sue, um, Craig T. Nelson, who all of a sudden left and said, I'm going to go up north and work in my brother's video store. And the next time I saw him, he was in Poltergeist. I mean, it, it was amazing how many people were in that group. Valerie Curtin, um, no relation to Jane Curtin, but she's a brilliant writer, and she was with Barry Levinson for many years. In fact, I have some great stories about us on Vermont Street in L.A. in this cellar called a cellar, probably not bigger than the room any of you were in, and that's where we would work out. And then we moved on, and then by 74, I think, or 75, we were able to rent a building on Melrose when it was just starting to get popular. And eventually in the 90s, they were able to buy that building and build a couple of more buildings. But I just wanted to go. I did a lot of improv with my acting coach, and I loved it. And so I wanted to go, you know, studying. Somebody told me about his workshop. So I did, and then I watched it grow exponentially. In fact, I did the PR for uh, the, the Groundlings at first. We didn't even have a name for the workshop until two years in. So it, it was very... Um, serendipitous for me that I was in the right place at the right time. But then I, I, I had always lived in Orange County and they were in LA and I had a very demanding job as a copywriter at the time. And I had these two children, of course, that were my first and all, well, all my children are my priority. And I could not, I just couldn't keep going with it. So then it was about, I think eight years later, maybe I went back into it and I was working with the Groundlings Alumni Committee and then I started to produce a couple shows there, and did, you know I still do stuff with them off and on. The ground being in the Groundlings is like the song "Hotel California." You can check in, but you can never leave. It's kind of like that. 
<laughs> you know, this is so interesting. You know, we got to take a station break, but I cannot wait to get back after the station break to finish this conversation with Sharik Kerr. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley. Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer San Diego. Streaming now on iHeart.com and Radio.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And I'll tell you, uh, you, you still got an opportunity to call in one 888 344-1170. Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. Uh, Cherie, wow, you're putting it down. You know, so, uh, I, I, I like the, uh, the humor portion. Can you tell the audience why is humor so important to all of us? Because it brings us balance. In my experience, in the, <clears throat> having lived in both those worlds, the comedy world and the business world, business people are really highly pressured. Um, high performers who don't have a lot of balance in their lives, if you might notice. So, you know, it's important that we balance out the stress and the tough times with a good measure of humor to keep yourself level. Otherwise, people become, um, you know, just down and depressed, and and it, it takes its toll over time. And I think that everything has a, a funny skew to it if you look at it differently. And if we can inject humor into our day, whether it's our speeches and presentations or our meetings or read humorous material or watch like um, Coming to America too, do something like that every single day, you'll begin to balance out, you know, the chemicals in your brain. Literally, that's what happens. Well, Cherie, you're highly trained in improv comedy. Have you been challenged by a situation where you didn't know what to say or what to do? Like you might have froze? Yes. <laughs> yes. The bi- and, and you want me to tell you quickly what it was? Yes. It was my father's funeral. Oh. And we're all there. We're sitting there. My sister and I decided to just have kind of a non-denominational minister there. And we told him, spent, I don't know, two hours with him telling him all about my father, the jazz musician, and some of the great people he was able to, you know, be in films with and play with and private parties and all that. And so we're sitting there and we're all ready for the minister to come to the graveside to do the thing. And he doesn't show up. So my sister looks over to me and she says, do something, because she's older and she's always bossed me around. And I said, you do something, kind of whispered to her. She said, no, you get up and do something. So I got up and I improvised this whole service. Okay, who's got a Charlie story? Oh, great. Uh, Lucille, you tell us that Charlie story. And then I had a girl there, a friend of mine who's a great jazz singer, and I said, Karen, get up and uh, I think I think you should sing Amazing Grace. And she did. 
So I improvised the whole funeral, and then 10 minutes after everyone's starting to walk away, the minister shows up and says, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought it was an hour. I didn't know it was it. I didn't know it was a two. I thought it was a three. <laughs> and that was the most, um, probably the most, because you know what? By then, he had Alzheimer's, and I took a lot of care of him. You know, he was in a facility, but I was with him a couple, three, four times a week. And I wanted to just have the big cry that day. I just wanted to sit there in the front row with my sister and cry. I thought I'd finally earned that. And no, oh no, I had to get up and perform. <laughs> Uh, I think you would have loved it, though. I really do. But that was the most challenging, Michelle, that I have ever experienced before where I really did not know what I was going to do. Yeah. Well, Sheree, I'm just curious. We're talking about improv and comedy, and yet you have 42 years as public relations. How do you do both? And where does the public relations come in in all of this? Well, you know, I really started out um, at a home building company doing their PR. I kind of lied my way into the job. and Oh, yeah, I can do PR. But I was there to apply for the receptionist job. And I got the PR job, and I knew they were going to fire me every day, but they didn't. Then their ad agency came along and got me. So that's how I started in PR. And this was in my mid-20s as well. And then I've always – I wanted to leave that world many times, but it's something – that I, I seem to enjoy a lot of, and I do some really interesting work today. I do a lot of crisis PR. And and so I balance my time between Execuprov and the PR work, and then, of course, my comedy. And I think I'm just really blessed that I've had opportunity and a strong constitution to be able to do all the things that I love to do. You you are a very interesting person, and uh, and uh, I, I just want, I'm just going to ask you this question: What is a snapshot of your life highlights? I mean, uh, you done done so much, you know. So can you tell our listener audience uh, just a snapshot of, of, of the highlights uh, and a lot of things that you're doing? And well, as, as I said, I started out doing, I guess my parents say I did my first stand-up routine at age three. I got up in front of them because I'd love to perform and imitated everybody in the neighborhood. And they thought that was hilarious. And they were lounge singers, my parents were. So they called in sick that one night. That's something I remember. And the only thing I remember of that. And then I went on to study acting and went to a parochial school where I really credit the nuns for giving me a great education. And then I went to high school and then I went to college and was a pom-pom girl. And that was fun. And I didn't do, uh, I was a really bad student, but I got a lot of people to events, you know, show up for stuff. So that was kind of my PR start, I guess. And then I was married at age 20. I had two kids by the time I was 24 and a divorce at 25. Uh, then a few years later, I married a sportscaster who was on KBC radio for quite some time. And that was a very exciting but crazy life. And then we split up. And then I married somebody else, had another child. Then I all of a sudden decided that I really missed the improv with the groundlings because that's what I did in my my mid to late um, 20s and then my early 30s. So that's when I started the Orange County Crazies, which is much like the, you know, the, um, the groundlings. And then all along I started, I think I wrote my first book when I was in my early 40s. And then I had been writing books and screenplays ever since then. I have four screenplays, uh, two that have already been produced and they're out there. One is called We've Got Balls. It's a family-friendly cult bowling movie and about a bowling alley that's going to get taken over by the lady who owns the land and they just have a lease. And and then they have a bowling tournament. It's it's really silly, but it's it's available on Amazon if you want to watch it. And then um, and then of course the film that I'm I'm in a big festival this summer in Vegas, and we're uh, screening it there, the, a live screening. And it's all it's, I actually play my own part of a, a completely burned out improv sketch director doing a, a, her last show. And um, it's called The Show Can't Go On. That's the name of that piece. And there's a trailer. If you go to scogomovie.com, you can see the trailer. But there, I, full disclosure, the F-bomb is used liberally in this film. And I want to offend anybody. Uh, We've Got Balls is not, you know, it, it's a very family, fun movie. Kids love it. And there's not a whole lot of profanity at all in that film. But I love profanity, especially when I'm driving. 
<laughs> and then, uh, then I went on to you know to just keep writing books. And right now, I'm in the middle of uh, trying to produce to get the funding for another film. And also, I'm finishing a collection of short stories that I'm almost done with that I've been working on for about eight years. Wow. You know, I, I tell you, uh, how can our listening audience, they, if they want to reach out to you and get in touch with you, how can they get in touch with you? How can they uh, look at um, you? They can email me. They can go to executprov.com and they can reach out to me or any of the other people on my team there. And they can go, yeah, yeah they can just go to executprov and find me there. And my, my email address is very long, so I. I don't want to take up another hour of your show. <laughs> we no, we down to the last uh, minute or so, you know. So, know. But, uh, okay. So, should I say it really fast? Yes. <laughs> okay. It's Cherie C H E R I E at her K E R R P R dash executprob dot com. Wow, you know, Cherie, this has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, we, we're we going to have to bring you back on because there is a lot more that we want to talk about with this one. So I want to thank you for taking the time to come on thank the you, James man. Cooley Show. You know, so thank you so much. And I, I want to thank my co-host, Michelle Cooley, uh, my, uh, my, my friend and, and my mentor and, and uh, show contributor, Chuck Trenoni. Uh, I got to thank my, my, uh, producer, Noah. <laughs> always a pleasure, man. <laughs> and, uh, all, always my listening audience, you know, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep in mind that uh, we are always looking for sponsors so we can continue to bring great messages like this to you. You know, so uh, uh, have a great weekend. I mean, just like I told you, uh, this is no better way to start a weekend. And we will be back Monday, same time, same place. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been the James Cooley Show. It's your life, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley.